Um, I hope it's okay that I I just realized last minute that I say deep in the trenches and you use deep in the trenches. Oh, that's okay. In the tre- okay. Oh, yeah, because I say calling out to each other from the trenches. So it's like a continuation of the fact that we were deep in the trenches. Okay. So we're we're just establishing a theme here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the theme is trench. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Welcome back to a special episode of the Modern Lady Podcast. Lent 2021 is now fully underway, and ladies, we wanted to check in. This year has left us all feeling already a bit weary and worn down. And yet what we saw in the days and weeks leading up to Ash Wednesday this year was a desire and a hunger from so many of us women to draw even closer to Jesus this Lent, despite our collective and individual fatigue. That in a pandemic-weary world fraught with conflict and confusion and chaos, you continue to passionately pursue Christ is nothing short of heroic. And yet we know all too well how tiring it is and how easy it can be to become discouraged. Today we speak to all women journeying through Lent, but in particular, we're checking in with our sisters in Christ who are mothers, the women deep in the trenches of sleepless nights and ceaseless needs. We see you, women with young children, striving for a holy Lent, and we know it's hard. We know because we are there with you. And so today, we hope you feel our arms sliding around your shoulders and our foreheads resting on yours. We hope you know that our fingers are laced with yours in prayer and solidarity, and our hearts are united with you in our shared pursuit of God. He loves you so very much, and he just absolutely delights in you. So let's talk. Okay, Lindsay. Now let's put things in a bit of context first. Last year when we recorded our episode on Lent, it was February of 2020. (laughs) And all of what has transpired this past year hadn't even really happened yet. (laughs) So we were definitely all in a different place (laughs) going into Lent last year. And the world's affairs, though, they've left all of us untouched. Um, But in particular, we want to talk to the mothers today, right? Yeah, yeah. Mamas, this Mm -hmm. one is for you. I'm going to be honest here. Normally, we research an episode like crazy, and sometimes we pull out some pretty heavy theological stuff. We do this because we're interested in that stuff, but also because we like to make sure that we do know what we're talking about because hashtag public podcast. But this time, we're just chatting mom to mom, calling out to each other from those trenches that we're in, yelling over crying kids and loud toys and Paw Patrol. We hear you loud and clear. And while this Lent, well, and every Lent, is hard, and it is meant to be hard, quote, doing Lent (laughs) while in the trenches of motherhood seems like it can be almost too much to bear, that we are just setting ourselves up for failure. And instead of drawing closer to God, we beat ourselves up thinking that we are, quote, bad Catholics. Please reheat that coffee that's been sitting in the microwave for the last two hours. Put your feet up on that pile of laundry and listen to your friends. We can't be there with you in person, but we are totally with you in spirit because we have been there in the exact place that you're in. Now, I have lived through this. I've survived the trenches, but I'm kind of now in no man's land also known as mom of teenagers world, while still having two little ones at home. But I'll never forget the beautiful agony of heavy breasts and arms and eyes holding and feeding babies while the whole world sleeps. Perhaps you feel left out because everyone is talking about fasting, acts of charity, and polishing off lots of spiritual reading, and you can barely keep your head above water. The first thing that we want to tell you is that your motherhood is already a sacrifice. Hmm. Yeah, this is really important. And I think we've, we lose our sense of this when we're in the midst of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard not to see the good things that everyone else is doing, and wanting to be there ourselves and to miss what is actually happening right at our very fingertips too. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we forget that our vocations and where we are as wives and mothers in all stages of it, like what you were saying with teenagers, with babies, with adult children, even this was our calling and we forget who called us there. Yeah. (laughs) 
God, the very God that we are wanting so desperately to um, grow close to and to please with our lens and with our devotions, right? So I think that's a huge first step in consoling um, our efforts and Mm -hmm. encouraging us, right, is to remember that we were specifically called to this. uh, And we were called to it by a loving God who knows exactly what we need in our own journeys towards holiness and towards him. Oh, I love that. One of my favorite quotes about motherhood just simply says, you are building a cathedral. Now, Mm. I don't know if any of you have read the very long book by, I think, Ken Follett called The Pillars of the Earth. Do you know that book, Michelle? I do know it. I I haven't read it, though. Okay. I read it years ago when it's all about the building of a cathedral. And it's just things, you know, that you've never considered about how much work went into building a cathedral when they didn't have all of the things that we have now. And so I know it's easy for us to look at these things and think, we're not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. But this, you Brina, you are building a dwelling place of God in your own domestic church. What greater Mm -hmm. work is that? This is your cathedral. Look down at those children see within them the stained glass, the stone, just the sweat, the blood, sweat, and tears of those builders you're pouring out into your own children. That's such a good point that this was your purpose Mm -hmm. um, all along, right? Like if you have children, those are gifts and they were gifts given to you to raise and to form. Um, I'm reading right now. Well, We have, we've talked about this, Lindsay, is reading an audiobook really reading? I don't know. That's a big debate, right? I've got strong thoughts, but yeah, just continue. (laughs) So uh, you can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes. So I'm reading an audiobook. That's for your benefit. Thank you. (laughs) Um, It's a Sally Clarkson book. It's her new Mm. one, Awaking Wonder. Mm-hmm. And I'm really loving it. I'm not done yet, but I just finished a section where she talks about how we as mothers uh, are forming disciples at home. Yeah. yeah. Right. And she asks the question, like, who else formed disciples? Well, mm-hmm. Jesus did. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you can look to the life of Jesus, especially during his years of mission with his disciples, how he cared for them and provided for them. He calmed their fears. He attended to their education and their needs. And ultimately, he gave himself up for them. Mm-hmm. And that this is how motherhood is too, that when we devote ourselves to raising our children, we're mirroring Christ and raising mm-hmm. disciples. And by giving everything in us for this vocation and mission, we aren't, you know, quote unquote, slacking off or being easy on ourselves. No, we're uniting ourselves to the example of our Lord. And what greater devotion and prayer could you offer to God than a recognition of this and an embracing of it? Oh, yes. One of the things I heard a while ago that both scared me because it just seems so huge, but also inspired me was the whole, like, let your children see Jesus on your face. Like, right. Mm. Um, And I thought, oh, what? (laughs) I couldn't be further from that. But I thought at the same time, okay, yeah, like what you're saying, let's break it down really simply. What did he actually do? Well, yeah, I can do those things. And this whole thing of, you know, my body given up for you, it's being talked about a lot right now on Catholic Mm -hmm. social media. And I'm loving that. I wrote an article about that several years ago that we can put in the show notes uh, about that very thing. And so I remember also reading a while ago about how our, our kitchen counter is kind of our altar. Like it is the place of our sacrifice. These are mm-hmm. big themes here. Sacrifice, giving up our bodies, letting our children see Christ in our faces. Yeah, this is no, um, no simple thing, right? This is nothing to just mm-hmm. roll our eyes at. That our very act of mothering, of mothercraft, as Fulton Sheen calls it, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um therein lies our opportunities for our own sanctification and for yeah, the building up of his kingdom through raising disciples. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking um, at the midday moms talk that we did with um, Dorothy Polarski in November, I remember having a bit of this discussion right at the very end of this mm-hmm. about the merits of our motherhood. Right. And it, it kind of came to me in that moment. And I've never really forgotten the thought that, it does bear a bit of reflection as to what we would rather be doing when mm. we're being called to doing the duties of our motherhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. When we feel like we're not doing enough, just um, simply performing our, our duties with 
joy and obedience and resignation some days. Um, what is it we would rather be doing or what is it that we think we should be doing that would be better than this? Right. That's and, great, Michelle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, for myself, like I could think like, well, I should be praying more. Like I mm-hmm. should be in my room. This is Lent. Come on. I should be praying for five hours a day, minimum, mm-hmm. like alone in my room with complete silence, mm-hmm. if you please. Um But if that means that I'm neglecting certain things that have to be done that have been put under my care, um, the children, the house, the business of the day, if I'm neglecting those things, even though the things I'd rather be doing are also very, very good, that's not what God is asking me to do right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've ever had the experience, Lindsay, of this with your own children, (laughs) where uh, actually this just happened yesterday for me. It was our youngest's birthday. And we decided that, you know, she went out with grandma for a little bit in the morning and we thought, let's get the house ready for the little one. And so I asked the older kids to start tidying up their toys. That was the first step. I came back downstairs from doing a task and my boys had found um, the window cloth Mm -hmm. and they were trying to polish all the windows and (laughs) um, they had even started trying to spray Windex. And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) no, no. But they were so confused when I said, but I asked you to clean up your toys. And they Mm -hmm. said, but we're cleaning the windows for you. And Mm -hmm. I said, but that's not what I asked you to do right now. There was a little bit of pleasure lost, even though I could see they meant well. And I appreciated their efforts, of course. But I think sometimes as mothers, even too, um, God will say like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm just, you know, shutting myself in my room to pray for a little bit. I'm trying to get some peace and quiet prayer time. And he's like, but I asked you to maybe go and check on this aspect of your house or one of your children needs a, a kind word of encouragement or someone has spilt the milk yet again. Like, what is it that we're seeking to leave our vocational duties for and in that moment can we have like a a bit of a reasoned approach to it like what is it exactly we're supposed to be doing yes that duty of the moment right it's right there god has presented it to us about what mm-hmm. you need at that moment to become sanctified to become holier in fact i think one of the best things that we can ask ourselves all the time every day is how is god using my motherhood today to sanctify mm-hmm. me Like what in my motherhood? I once heard, and we've talked about this before, homeschooling described as holy sandpaper. And let's face it, motherhood is holy holy sandpaper, right? And so what do I mean by that? Well, just like sandpaper, motherhood itself is going to rub, rub away our rough spots, making us smoother and holier. But imagine sandpaper on your skin. I mean, the process is gonna hurt like heck. Mm -hmm. So this process, right, if we allow it, it will reveal to us our vices. And it's only in seeing some of those things too. And that's when you are pushed to your limit as a mother, that you see the things mm-hmm. that you needed to work on. It's really, well, I'm not trying to brush this off, but it's it's a lot easier to kind of turn away from your faults when you're not pushed to the limit, right? When you're not exhausted, mm. when life's going pretty darn smoothly. And so it is within the trenches itself that you really see what you need to work on within yourself if you're willing to see it. Now, let me share about the time that my eldest daughter did this for me. And she showed me exactly what I sounded like when I was speaking to my husband, to her father. So she was about four and I heard her reprimanding her two-year-old brother. This had happened seconds after I had been confronting their father on something in another room. And I don't even obviously remember what I was upset about. This was over 10 years ago, but I will never forget her tone and the way she Mm. spoke to her younger brother. And it was disgusting. Like I'm not going to mince words here. Um, Not only did I realize then and there that I should never again speak to my husband like that, I also realized that I would never want my daughter to speak to someone like that. And also, I'd never want my son, my young son, to be spoken to like that, Mm. you know, at that age or when he's older. And I just can't forget it. And I allowed it to shake me to my very core, that that low moment of exhaustion and motherhood with toddlers. And I allowed that sandpaper to tear at my vices, right, to really expose them. But it was so mm-hmm. profitable because I realized that in fixing that, I really could have a significant impact on my relationship with the people I love and their own futures. So 
when we work on overcoming our vices through our motherhood, and I'm not talking about doing it in addition to our motherhood and not in mm-hmm. spite of our motherhood, but through the very act of mothering, like when we try to conquer yelling and patience, sloth, jealousy, pride, you name it, I've battled with it and I'm battling <laughs> with it still. Um, what I see with that is this bittersweet path to holiness. And I can rejoice in that even when I'm not feeling joyful. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Because sometimes, um, especially in terms of motherhood, when so much of these occasions happen mm-hmm. to us, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like these are not uh, these are not the kinds of mortifications or devotions or offerings up that we take on ourselves. Motherhood is like a different kind of um, like an accepting sort of a, a Lent, if you will, mm-hmm. right? Like where we remain open to what God wants to show us about how we need to grow and how we can do that, right? So in a way, leaning into our motherhood and offering up every moment and then also letting God know that we are open uh, and we're going to do our best to strive for virtue in the duties of our motherhood Mm -hmm. um, that's going to allow him to work and to teach us ultimately Right. I think sometimes if we if we think we're not doing enough on our own merit, I think sometimes for me, the, the answer is right there. Yeah. <laughs> Your own merit. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give this up for you, God. Yeah. And he's like, but I want to teach you something else. Are you willing to come alongside me for this? And I think in in terms of motherhood, we have a really unique opportunity to work with God and to cooperate with him in that way, too. Yeah. And I think that it's really interesting. Just as you're saying that, I'm realizing, too, that I think we sometimes confuse like duty and actions with feelings and things that we need to overcome within ourselves. Like they're not always united. So sometimes Mm -hmm. we think that by performing these actions, right, we're going to, of course, control our will or grow in virtue. And that's 100% true. But sometimes Mm -hmm. God is just revealing a shift in our in our hearts and our personalities and the way we act, like they can work separately or together. So what I'm thinking is that like, there's no almost greater time in your life where you can be as raw as you are in motherhood when you might snap and yell, but where you're going to be so forgiven so immediately by your children. Like there's just like this Mm. incredible grace. When else can you kind of lose your temper with someone and then have them come and immediately put their arms around you and give you sloppy kisses and say, I love you, mommy, within seconds. Like this chance, right? To have your own, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like to be so broken and do something so human, have a normal response to something, but then be so loved back in that moment. I mean, what a great in that moment opportunity to see what you had done wrong when you snapped or lost mm-hmm. control, but then to be able to receive such unconditional love. If there was ever a time then to surrender to that process of a total soul makeover, I think mm. it is during the early years of motherhood. And having come through that, and I'm truly not being prideful here when I say that through the grace of God and good priests who were working with me and excellent role models, I learned really early on to surrender to motherhood. I really didn't mm-hmm. try to push back even from the earliest time. And I can honestly say that by doing that, the lessons I learned in those early years prepared my heart for where I'm at now with pushback and not sloppy kisses from kids and not little arms around you, um, hugging your neck and telling you you're beautiful. Uh, that stage without that immediate reward back from the children, I'm glad I had to, that I kind of did that work during those early years. Um, I just finished reading, as you know, Kristen Laverne's daughter, and it's going to stick mm-hmm. with me for a very long time. Um, it is recommended in many Catholic circles, and it's well over 1,100 pages, so it's not exactly a book a lot of moms in the trenches reach for. But Kristen <laughs> says something, the main character in the book, well, she reflects, and, she, and it says, her eyes had been opened to the fact that after the burdens and toil of a young mother comes a new kind of fear and concern for the aging mother. And I'm not being pessimistic here. I'm just saying that there is much grace in the surrender, in the bold acceptance of the truth that it doesn't get easier. It never gets easier, but you Mm. can get stronger. I love that imagery of surrender in your motherhood, Mm. right? Because it it does come down to how we strive to see God, 
right? Not as a taskmaster. Mm -hmm. He's not standing there with a checklist giving you a pass or a fail based on uh, specific prayers or devotions or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He is a loving father who desires you first and foremost in relationship with him. And then he wants your ultimate good and everything that he gives and permits in our lives is there to help us towards those two goals. He helps us. He, I I don't think he likes to see us beating ourselves up um, over what we think we should be doing or Mm -hmm. that we don't think we're good enough for him. When he says you are, you are so beloved by me. Um, Please let me love you and let's work together here. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like one of the things about Lent in particular that makes us beat ourselves up is fasting. I want to address fasting Mm. for the pregnant nursing and mamas who aren't sleeping. Um, I know that it's all the rage right now, that it's very trendy. Everyone's talking about it. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of fasting. We've done episodes on fasting. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I mean, many of us can't at this time but then also many of us could fast in other ways that we haven't maybe considered so the church is very clear that pregnant and breastfeeding women are not required to fast right Mm -hmm. and obviously i agree with that but fasting isn't just about skipping meals so here's a little bit of concrete um maybe a suggestion a little tip um one of the things taylor marshall said years ago that always stuck with me is that when his family prays grace before meals um as soon as the prayer is done they don't just start eating they count to 10 and just that little, those 10 extra seconds, and they don't rush through that counting to 10. That's a tiny fast in those 10 seconds. It's about really, um, you know, still detaching from the pleasure of it and having a moment before you eat. And I thought that's a great thing that we can all do, even if you're pregnant or breastfeeding right now. So you say grace mm-hmm. and then you count to 10 and then you eat. Um, and I think the other thing, if you can't fast right now is detaching from mindless eating. So I see you eating the, you know, crusts of your kid's toast in the goldfish that have fallen onto the couch. Uh, I do it too. Um, We all do it. And I know that some of us wrestle with the idea of not wasting food, but then some of us just do it on autopilot. So I'm not asking you to skip meals, but I am saying that perhaps you try to look within yourself and be more intentional about that eating during Lent and not necessarily eat grazing the same way our toddlers do without thinking. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And you know what? I, I have to say, uh, as someone who is right there with you about fasting, mm-hmm. I also love fasting. Um, I've come to uh, different conclusions and different perspectives over the last couple of years, really thinking about the practice of fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I'm realizing is that sometimes I cannot be the, <laughs> to quote Matthew Kelly, the best version of myself, mm-hmm. you know, if I am fasting, there are just some days, I don't know why, sometimes I don't know why it is, but I just, I cannot fast or mm-hmm. um, I have to eat, I have to eat something or I have to eat more than what I had originally planned or laid out. And I have learned that surrender to mm-hmm. God's will. I would rather be uh, kind in that moment, in that morning to my children who I'm home with all the time right now. Um <laughs> then stick to something that perhaps I might lose a little bit of progress and virtue Mm -hmm. (laughs) over. But one of the things that I've realized that I can do is that just if you need to eat, it doesn't mean you have to indulge. Right. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) I know this is like new for me. Like It's new for me too. (laughs) Lent 2021. I'm just realizing this now. (laughs) Like what? What? Um, so as an example, I really enjoy smoothies. I, mm-hmm. I don't particularly enjoy eating vegetables, so I will drink them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will um, sweeten the smoothie with, you know, a banana mm-hmm. or I'll add peanut butter to make it richer tasting. But if I am uh, wanting to, you know, fast or make a, a little Lenten faster sacrifice, maybe I'll leave out the banana. Or maybe I'll um, not add anything to sweeten it. I'll leave out the peanut butter or something like that. Uh, There are little things that you can do that still makes sure that you're getting nutrition if you need it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, That will still, you know, compensate for your blood sugar levels. However, you need to feed your body for it to be able to function well for the people in your household. Right. That's important, too. While still giving a little something to God just a little thought, like I've thought about you. I want to, I, I want to remain 
surrender to you and to show that I love you in little tiny ways. Yes, I think this is so important for our listeners and for you and I, Michelle, to remember, because again, I think when you look on social media, you see so much about fasting right now. And you're like, so I st- mm-hmm. so I didn't put a banana in my smoothie. What, what is that compared to the, you know, Jesus's passion? No, it's your heart. <laughs> it like, is. It is a huge mm-hmm. deal. There's a thing mm-hmm. in Opus Day where they won't put sugar in their coffee. And honestly, I would roll mm-hmm. my eyes at that. I'm like, what kind of sacrifice is that? And meanwhile, Jesus is like looking at me going, um, they're doing it with, with a pure heart and they're offering that up for yes. me. And I'm like, right. Okay. I'm so the, the publican sometimes. Um, and mm. so, yeah, it's, it's, it is a huge deal if that's all you can do. And I say that not in a diminishing, you know, diminishing way. No, yeah, It's a huge thing because you're doing mm-hmm. it with the right heart now. So fasting is definitely a part of, of Lent. Now, the next thing is prayer prayer. And so we know from a lot of you and from ourselves that it is incredibly hard to build in time for prayer during the day. Mm -hmm. Now, the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. And we all know that. Um, And you know, perhaps the flesh isn't weak. It's just exhausted, deep to Mm -hmm. the bones, tired. So I think the first thing here, and I heard this in a homily, is that Sometimes we have to just admit to ourselves that we actually don't even have the desire to pray, right? Sometimes we can fool ourselves and be like, yeah, I really, really want to pray, God. I just don't have the time. Well, that's not always the case. I actually don't have the desire to pray as well. So the first thing you can do is actually pray to have the desire to pray. This is what a priest Mm -hmm. said. And I'm like, say what? And he's like, it's so simple. You can just say, God, I want to pray. Help me. I want Mm -hmm. to want to pray. Help me. Right? That's right. I love that our God is a God of this kind of prayer, mm-hmm. right? That we don't even, <laughs> he takes us from, like, he He just loves us so very much that even when we can admit that in humility, I think that is a big part of humility too, mm-hmm. right? To admit that I don't even, the, the spirit and the flesh are weak today, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, both. <laughs> it's both. It's both and today, yes. God. Yes. Um, but to be honest with him, it's like, I don't want to, but I want to want to. Yeah. Um, I know that as a parent, I would see the struggle within my own children and I would want to then do everything I could to help them yes. get there. And I, we have to know and we have to understand that God loves us the same way and that he's so ready and willing to give us grace to help us and to console us even in these, in these times where we're really feeling unmotivated. Mm-hmm. And this is where our guardian angels come in. And I can say, honestly, mm. for most of my life, I really just had like, I don't know, a complete detachment from the concept of a guardian angel. It seems so cartoony. It seems so yeah. like they're not actually real. And we know that they are real. And then we were each assigned a guardian angel. And the guardian angel's sole purpose is to get you to heaven. Like that's the, they. Yeah. That's all they're here for. And so they are just willing and ready to help you develop that prompting within your conscience, the little prodding. Mm. If you just say, help me to your guardian angel. Hey, guardian angel. Uh, sometimes they're informal. It could just be a little chat. Hey, guardian angel. Um, I need your help also to remind me to pray. But here's the key. Okay. So we can say that all we want. And guess what? You're going to get a prompting because that is what the Holy Spirit does. That is what the guardian, your guardian mm. angel will do. But if you keep putting it off, right? If, if, mm-hmm. if it's just like somebody in your life that gives you really good advice because they love you and they want to help you and you keep not listening to them, they are going to back off. Like it has to be that, mm. that conversation between both of you. I have really worked on this in the last couple of years because I was terrible. At, so if I said I was going to pray for you, I would try to remember that or write that down and I would forget. And same thing if I was doing a novena, right? I'm like, Oh, skipped two oh, days of the yes. novena. But I've learned that if I actually give that to my, I guess my personal assistant, my guardian angel, I'm saying that in <laughs> very respectful way. (laughs) They write it down in their heavenly planner and they certainly remind me, but I know in my own weakness that I feel that reminder. You've said you were going to pray for so-and-so, or you really got to do the novena. You should do it now, Lindsay, before you're too tired. And I go, Oh no, 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 no. Later, later. You have to act on those promptings. And what Mm -hmm. I have learned is that it takes two seconds to act on the prompting. So I will now stop what I'm doing. And I didn't do this before, but I will stop what I'm doing. And I'll start praying, right? Sign of the cross. And one of the kids will inevitably be like, mom. And then the other kids now go, shh, she's praying for someone. Like it's just become Mm. a quick part of our day where I'm not waiting to do that later. I am answering that little prick of my conscience where God is trying to remind me to pray. 
Right. And you know something I've been realizing too, that it it doesn't even it doesn't have to be a long winded prayer mm-hmm. in the moment too. Like you yes. don't have to worry when you have that prompting, it's like, oh no. Yep. <laughs> but I'm in the middle of making sandwiches for lunch. That's like right. how am I going to now drop everything and go, you know, to the altar and kneel down and say prayers? It's like, oh, I have this prompting. And this is actually part of a book I'm reading called Practicing the Presence of God mm-hmm. by Brother Lawrence, where he talks about how as you just go through your day, you are just mindful of God's presence. Yes. And if you, if we try to practice this, and I'm very new, I'm like only halfway through the book right now <laughs> myself, but I'm finding that if we practice just noticing that God is always with us. Um, when we have those promptings for prayer, we're already there, right? Um, No matter what we're doing, no matter what task we're performing, and we can kind of turn to him spiritually in the moment and talk to him about this person um, or offer up a small ejaculatory prayer, right? Like, Lord, please help them. Yeah. Or Lord, this, this person is really struggling or Lord, I'm really struggling right now please yeah. be with me or <laughs> my favorite prayer right now um lord uh, i don't even know what to pray for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um i just i love you and that's all yes. i've got <laughs> yes and and that is so pleasing that's so pleasing to god you're just with him all the time yes and that becomes you have to work at that that's a bit of a muscle right and it can take yeah, it years is. of spiritual development mm-hmm. to have that closeness with god because like you and i think like so many people you and i love talking we have a podcast we love right. words we love writing so to me a prayer needs to sound like a beautiful prayer written in the 15th century and so i think well i've got to go and get on my knees beside my bed and say this prayer no it took me honestly years to just realize that just like you it is a conversation it is a closeness. It is just asking for his help. And I think that when our kids see us doing that, a simple sentence that Mm -hmm. they are going to learn so much when they just see us turning to God in our joy and our anger and our sadness and our fear, right? It's just, they'll learn right off the bat that it's a conversation, that it's a relationship. Um, Sometimes I don't say anything at all. I'll go by and kiss his feet on a crucifix, right? Like just something Mm -hmm. like that. That is just that, again, that relationship we have with him. And you and I are both big fans also of praying while doing some tasks. Like I think that we can look at our days and go, yeah, there's a few tasks where I actually could work very simple prayer into it. I talk all the time about praying for my husband while I iron his shirts. And there are so mm-hmm. many cute moms who pray for their kids' spouses as they're matching their socks up while folding laundry. Oh, it's the I cutest thing that. ever. Oh. Yeah. I forget about it until I'm done matching the socks up every time. Right. But I think it's an amazing idea. God is outside of time. <laughs> You're like, while I was folding those socks, this is what I was praying for, actually. Yes, yes. Um, there's an excellent woman on Instagram that you and I both follow. Um, she's at Alexandria DeRose and she also Mm. talked about the mama blessing. Now my husband always does a blessing on whoever is awake and standing at the door before he leaves to work. He does a little holy water on this included. (laughs) You should picture me. Okay. No makeup on completely (laughs) grumpy. Okay. Like a full scowl on my face and my hair is frizzy and I've got like zit cream on and I, and he walks over to me. After he's blessed the kids and he puts a holy, um, with holy water cross on my forehead and gives me a kiss. And it's like the sweetest thing Mm. ever. And I forgot that we also, as an authoritarian, like a a person of authority over our children, we have authority over Mm -hmm. them that we can bless our children as well. And so she does that. She just has them in a little line in front of them. She cups their little cheeks. She prays a little blessing over her children. That is prayer time. Like that, yeah. you know, these little actions mm-hmm. that we might write off and be like, but that's not my prayer time. No, it's when you start doing these, just these little things and you work them into your day. Uh, sometimes the real prayer follows when we've just started exercising that muscle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. I've often um, done little blessings on my children while they sleep. Yes, I do that like, one too. Yeah. Yes. When you walk through the room and you're checking things, mm-hmm. checking on things before you turn in for the night, right? Sometimes yeah. it... There's the prompting, right? Yeah. Um, just to you're overwhelmed with gratitude for these little people, mm-hmm. but that you look down on them in their sleep. And sometimes I'll just make a little sign of cro- the cross on their foreheads. Yes. And just thank God for them and to ask him to protect them during the night and always. 
and that's it. And then I'll just move to the next child and I'll move through the house with the rest of the closing up duties. But these little actions, I think they just serve as strengthening that connection and that tie to us and God, even by our blessing and our praying for our children and for other people as we move throughout the day. It's like a phone line, I guess, like, or, you know, that's the the way you and I kind of look at it ourselves, right? Like, and I don't, I don't understand technology and or phone lines, Um, still cannot understand how somebody can speak into something and their voice is heard across the ocean, like too much for me. But (laughs) let's pretend there was an actual (laughs) tunnel carrying the voice and our prayers back kind of dig out the tunnel clearer and clearer. God's voice is always clear, but our side Mm. can be dug out more and more, right? And those little prayers are, it's like our little pickaxe, our little shovel, and then it digs. And then that, that pathway is a lot clearer. And then the conversation smooth, like goes flows more smoothly back and forth as time goes on. Um, I know one of our first things is like, we can't find a silent five minutes. Like there are children constantly Mm -hmm. interrupting. I just want silence. And the truth is, we weren't called into a cloistered vocation. We weren't called into that kind of life, right? God mm-hmm. knew when he called to us to our into our vocation that we wouldn't have silence. We aren't promised that. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's, it would yeah. be a luxury for us. And I think the person that inspired me the most with praying and trying to do that is actually St. Teresa of Calcutta, Mother Teresa. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading an article once where she was praying and, and they had a reporter there who was like, how are you being able to focus right now? Like the noise of Calcutta, we can't even understand with it, you know, not like double mm-hmm. pane glass on the windows and air conditioners drowning out the noise, the street sounds that she would have been praying in all the time. And she's just, you know, was like, you create the silence. She said something incredible. So Mother Teresa said this, and when the time comes and we can't pray, it is very simple. If Jesus is in my heart, let him pray. Let me allow him to pray in me, to talk to his father in the silence of my heart. Uh, She went on to say, if I cannot speak, he will speak. If I cannot pray, he will pray. Now, Mm. I think that we have to, that still has to be done with intention. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will say, Hey, if you fall asleep during your rosary, it's fine. Your guardian angel will take that over. I just want to make sure we don't lean on that as a crutch, even something like this, like, well, if I can't, mm-hmm. Jesus will pray. We still have to have that intention within us and we need to strive still to do our best, but to know that when that pathway is clear, it's a lot easier for those things to be facilitated within your heart, within your spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because you're right. We um, we won't always be able to escape mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of moments of solitude. I mean, even in that in that sense too, how Jesus was able to go off by himself to pray. Mm-hmm. That's not really something that we are often afforded as moms. Um, but do you remember there was like an Instagram post floating around for a little while talking about how often in the Bible people went up to mountains to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but that in the the case of women, often it is the spirit that comes down to the women. Yes. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, the mountain comes down to the woman, to the mother. Right, yeah. right. And I wonder too, like God would not have asked us um, to, you know, to live in our vocation and to live with this purpose and to pour ourselves out uh, as mothers for our children, for our spouses, for our homes without understanding understanding that we connect with him in perhaps a unique way (laughs) and that he'll provide for us in that regard. And so again, like, I think that we can, we can trust that God is benevolent towards us and that he really desires us. And so that he, he's going to work with our vocations, not um, call us out of them. Mm Hmm. Yes. And then if all else fails, Michelle, I read about an Anglican woman who had 19 children, now only 10 lived, Mm. but her house was Mm. loud, obviously. And when she needed silence to pray, she would sit on the kitchen floor and flip her apron up over her head. (laughs) And it seems so silly, but she created... I kind of like that. Isn't it cool? She created this immediate space around her. And guess what? Her children were probably like, oh, mom's sitting on the floor with her apron over her head again. But her children got quiet. They would be silent at the time. It was this immediate sign that mom is retreating. And sometimes there is no place where you can go in your house where you're not going to hear them. So she would sit on that floor, cover herself with her apron, and her children would kind of back away (laughs) and let mom have her her minute. (laughs) 
Oh, I really do love that. I think that we know and we can recognize that as women, we have a, a particular talent for multitasking, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that was by design, <laughs> mm-hmm. to be honest. And I, I think our understanding of our spiritual life and our interior life can borrow some of that as well. Some of the lessons in that, that our prayer life, our duties and our motherhood, all of these things weave in and out with each other. It's more like an ebb and a flow as opposed to a compartmentalizing mm-hmm. of our, our certain, certain aspects of our lives, you know? And I think, I wonder if we are okay with that or we're okay with starting to embrace the reality of that we will find peace there and probably a little bit more calm interiorly instead of trying to fight against it you're right i mean distractions are a part of lent and you know sometimes mm-hmm. they're the very thing that can sanctify you during lent if you actually look at them like that like what you're saying no one has a problem free lent not even the cloistered nuns. Right. I mean, Jesus himself faced the actual devil in the desert during right. the 40 days. So we cannot expect things to go smoothly because when we do, we're just setting ourselves up for heartbreak and disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. I think when we just focus on the goal and the goal is very simple, that you draw closer to God and in doing so, you will inevitably become a better wife and mother, but that you, mm-hmm. the whole thing is about a movement through the desert through the distractions, through the pain of the holy sandpaper, through all of that. It's not always going to be comfortable, but as you move through that, you are moving towards God. Yes. And what I see coming from all of this is a call for us to be uh, cooperative Mm -hmm. with God's spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Even in Lent. Um, I think God honors action and I think he honors our intentions, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, he wants, he does want us to think about how we can grow holier and um, try to brainstorm ways on how in our lives we can, you know, sacrifice a little here or take on more prayer there. I think he honors that and he honors that first step that we take towards him. But even as we do that, if we remain in a spirit of cooperation with him, We'll be open to his direction ultimately. So it's like we kind of put forth the proposed plan (laughs) on Ash Wednesday and we say, Lord, this is what I would like to to give you because I love you and I want to uh, grow closer to you this Lenten season. But if I'm missing something and because we are human, we might very much be missing something. (laughs) You know, just to say, I'm open to your direction. Please lead Mm -hmm. me to where you need me to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Already, it's, you know, only a couple of weeks into Lent, but I've already felt the spirit prompting me to readjust certain things that I've taken on this Lent. Um, Sometimes it's a a shift of timing uh, when I thought I would be able to keep up or that I should give something up. And, you know, I'm feeling a prompting to re-examine when it is during the day I give up certain things. And I feel peace about letting God direct me in that because I will question my own motives. I will question why I'm doing the thing. But ultimately, it's in God's hands and everything that I want is what ultimately he wants. So you can find peace and rest in the assurance of that. That's right. One of uh, one of the taglines in customer service is under promise and then over deliver. And that's the same mm-hmm. thing with Lent. I'm learning because <laughs> again, yes. <laughs> you and I joke all the time about how we like all the things and we want to do all the things, but mm-hmm. it, it really is important in, to really step back and perhaps under promise, right? And, and then, and then it gives you this chance to go above and beyond when you can, when you feel the prompting, if you are in alignment with what God's will is for you. I think something else is important too. And I think that we have to understand the reality also of what Lent is and the seriousness, the solemnness um, of this liturgical season. In Lent, Mm -hmm. we are supposed to conquer the three enemies, which are the devil, the flesh, and the world. And I wonder, and I don't know if I came up with this, um, but I wonder (sighs) if the three practices of Lent, of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are the actual antidotes to those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that sometimes we ha- when we can step back and actually not water it down a little bit too and go, okay, whoa, this is actually a battle too, that we are trying to conquer the devil, the flesh, and the world, that it can sometimes motivate us to work that little bit harder as well. There is that balance of being gentle with yourself and also mm-hmm. moving forward, pushing yourself forward. Like you said, God does want us to move forward. He does want us to use every 
every tool he's putting in front of us to draw closer to him. Because yeah, again, that is ultimately the goal to draw closer to him. And I do firmly believe that he has gifted parents this remarkable way of doing this. And I have to admit, it took me far too long to realize this. But if we just focus on our love for our children, and then we meditate mm. on God, our mm-hmm. father, um, and it really did take me a long time to grasp the concept of God, our father, um, we will start to really then try or see a glimpse of what his light, love is like for us. Um, I noticed this first time watching Jason love on our children, not just with mm-hmm. his feelings, but with his actions. And I thought to myself, my goodness, if my husband loves our children this much, how much more does God love us? And I feel like in those moments of parenting, we get a glimpse of heaven that not everyone gets. Yes, I think that that balance is really important, like you, what you were saying, because ultimately, you know, all of these things that we were talking about today, they are the unique ways that we as moms can ultimately do what we think we're trying to do right now, right? Which is to grow in holiness. That God certainly, he does love us absolutely. And he wants our ultimate good. But that that same point stands that he wants our ultimate good. (laughs) And so that's going to require a strengthening and a growing and a persisting through these changes and through this education of our own interior lives. And so, yes, we don't have to, I guess that we don't have to, you know, force it. Um, The growth is still going to happen, but we need to have maybe the perseverance well-placed in the desires of God's heart and God's will. And that he, almost like wind in our sails, he'll kind of propel us and he'll work with us to get us there as opposed to us fighting on our own in some ways. Mm -hmm. I love imagining him as so many of these different things and wind in our sails. That's an image I think that is really important right now. And I needed that one because I need a little bit of wind in my sails (laughs) to get through these next couple of weeks. Um, Now, the last aspect of Lent. So we've kind of touched on fasting, right? We've touched on prayer. Mm -hmm. And the last one is almsgiving. And if money is tight and you can't go out right now and do things with charity and you can't do all these things, it's another thing where you're like, well, I'm failing at the almsgiving. I can't do that. Mm. I read about giving your time to your children in a new way, in a way that is completely uninterrupted, where they're getting your full attention. This is something Mm. most of us have trouble doing, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And this Mm -hmm. is in a way the almsgiving we can give. Now, just this morning on Instagram, I saw a post from Bryce at mombrain.therapist. We've referenced Mm -hmm. her before. She is a must follow on Instagram. She shared a short list of things that you should pause and notice about your children today. She said, You should notice how little they are, even if they are big kids, their excitement when they tell you a story, how they look during doing something that they love, how they feel in your arms when you hold them. And you should really notice the wonder with which they see the world and how their face looks when they're doing something that they love and when they smile, how their face looks when they smile. I thought, okay, that actually pausing of your day and giving of Mm -hmm. your undivided attention. And if you can give that to each of your children for 10 minutes, that is a huge act of charity for a lot of busy moms. So I think Mm -hmm. that's something that you could try to commit to today as well. So a little bit, let's just go back a tiny bit of fasting, cut that banana out of your smoothie a little bit of prayer, just that, Lord, I have a desire to pray. I want you to help inspire within me the promptings to pray. And then just giving your children, your husband, your undivided time and attention, even for just a little bit. Yes, I think that in a way, you know, and I think um, many of us might be familiar just with the concepts of Lent, these spirits of Lent, of trying to uh, strip ourselves of things that distract us ultimately Mm -hmm. from the Lord. And those things that what you're saying, Lindsay, these little acts that we can do even throughout our motherhood, that's essentially what they're doing. They're stripping away the distractions from the heart of God, the heart of a loving father, who, as you're reading that list from um, Bryce on Mm -hmm. Instagram, that's how God sees us. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what God notices about us. And, you know, I listened to you reading that list and already I felt immediate affection towards each and every one of my children, even mm-hmm. just thinking about stopping and noticing those things about them mm-hmm. and to realize that God's, God notices those things about you all the time and how much affection and how much love he has for you and 
if we are distracted from that, then that even in and of itself, that struggle against the distraction of that truth mm-hmm. can be a very fulfilling and fruitful Lenten exercise. Oh, yes. So Lent is not a contest. And I wonder if the reason many women leave social media during Lent isn't actually to totally detach from something that they love doing, but maybe it's a way that they're protecting their own Lenten journey from the pain of comparison. Mm. Even one generation before us didn't have everyone else's Lent practices being, well, sometimes thrown in their face every time they sat down for a minute to catch their breath because they didn't have cell phones and Instagram and podcasts. Oh, wait, no, podcasts are fine. You can listen to podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually sometimes cringe at the words, you do you, but man, oh man, what else suffices for this very Mm. situation? Your Lenten journey is between you and God. That's it. Let me say that again. Your Lenten journey is about you moving closer to God. He's already there, loving on you as you change diapers and, well, cry in the shower. He's already there, calling you to him when you feel totally isolated at 3 a.m. He's already there, proud of you for getting dinner onto that table again and again and again. He just wants you to see him, to take a step towards him. There's a little cartoon that I keep on my phone that has a stick figure handing her heart to Jesus. And in the speech bubble, it says, it's all I have. And Jesus says, it's all I want. You are exactly where you are supposed to be right now with everything you need in order to draw closer to God. You just need to take that first step. Think about the explosion of pure joy you feel when you see your baby taking its first steps towards you. Multiply that by infinity and rest in the knowledge that God feels so much more proud of you taking baby steps. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. If you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhomemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.